Hello, listeners, and welcome to Monsters Advocate. Monsters Advocate is a bi-weekly podcast focused around the unsung heroes of myths and legends, the monsters. We'll take a look at some monster-centric myths and legends, some not-so-ancient cryptids, and everything in between, and try to sort out possible origin species, biological impetus for why they do what they do, and why we love to hear about them. Welcome back, dinosaur devotees, to another week of animals existing in time periods where they shouldn't be. If this is your first time listening, I strongly advise you listen to the last episode first. But I'm not the boss of you. Last week, we took a look at some dinosaurs hiding in the Americas, and so this week, to round things out, we'll be looking at Australia, Africa, and Papua New Guinea. To start, let's meet the Kayai Munu. This monster was first recorded in the 1990s on Ambungi Island in West New Britain, Papua New Guinea, and there have been nine eyewitness accounts since, usually occurring around four to five years apart. Accounts describe the creature as having a long neck, a long tail, a bipedal stance, and long front claws. It's described as large and scaly, and the most recent sighting likened the creature's head to that of a turtle's. This last sighting occurred around 2006, when a young man named Robert happened upon the creature while it was eating. He watched the creature until it left his sight. After the encounter, Robert was shown artists' renditions of the then-favorite contender for the identity of the Kayai Munu, Therizinosaurus chiloniformis, a somewhat goofy-looking theropod dinosaur with three wolverine-like-the-X-Man-esque claws on each forelimb, a wide body, and a small, horse-shaped head. When Robert was shown the drawing, he admitted it was the closest to what he had seen, but that the head was wrong. Based on this discrepancy, two schools of thought were born. If the animal people are seeing is really a still-extant saurian, either A, we're drawing Therizinosaurus's head incorrectly, or B, it's a different species altogether. Possibly Gigantoraptor erlinensis? The problem is, if we're trying to positively identify the Kaimunu as the Therizinosaurus chiloniformis, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. In that, we don't actually have a head for the species yet. We suspect, based on the skull sections we have for a related species, that Therizinosaurus also had a somewhat horse-shaped skull. But without any skull fragments, it's difficult to say that the artist's renditions, amazing as they are, would accurately depict the animal if it were standing 20 feet from you eating leaves. So, some people have posited that maybe the Kayaimunu is really another large herbivore called Gigantoraptor erlionensis, which has both the size, claws, and toothless beak skull to back this claim up. Unfortunately, the fossils of both species were discovered in Mongolia. So while the Gigantoraptor theory is ahead for now, until we can find a skull for Therizinosaurus, or fossilized remains of either species in Papua New Guinea, it's really any dinosaur's game. Our next guest is a dinosaur that would probably prefer to remain unidentified due to its track history of cattle-based crime, the Barungjor. This Australian cryptid has its roots in Aboriginal mythology, but has caught the attention of extant dino fans because of its persistent description of having small clawed forelimbs, a bipedal gait, 20 feet or 6 meters in length, 
and a taste for large animals such as kangaroos. The Burunjor gained its most notoriety in the 1950s, throughout which several cattle ranchers reported a large bipedal creature was eating their livestock, and some ranchers were even able to make large three-toed casts of the footprints the creatures left behind. After that, there was a period of time in which the creature was only reported occasionally, but the Burunjor re-emerged in earnest in 1980 when several ranchers again reported that someone or something was carrying off livestock. One rancher, Charles Waterman, saw what he described as a fearsome, mottled, six-metered beast carry away a cow right in front of him as he heroically, and perhaps wisely, hid behind a bush. In a true testament to the Australian spirit, though, other ranchers heard of the reports and decided to go after the at least 20-foot-long cattle thief. The ranchers used scent hounds and were able to actually track the culprit as far as a major river. But when they reached the banks of the river, the dogs reportedly fled. After the dogs abandoned the hunt, the men found reptilian trackways, at which point they also decided to abandon the chase. The last report of a Burunjor sighting occurred in 1985, when a family was traveling the Roper River, and they reported seeing a 20-foot-long monster covered in feathers. So what are we to make of this very hungry dinosaur? Well, for one thing, the fact that every account of the creature reports it as having feathers does lend some credence to the dinosaur theory, as current scientific evidence does point to most theropod species having feathers. On top of that, there is one species of dinosaur that was discovered in Australia that seems a particularly compelling match. The Australovnator. The fossils found from this species have made it the most complete predatory dinosaur found in Australia, which means we have a pretty good idea of its build. Paleontologists estimate it was 2 meters or 6.6 .6 feet tall at the hip and 6 meters or 20 feet long with a weight of about 500 to 1,000 kilograms, or 1,102 to 2,204 pounds, roughly the same size attributed to the Burunjor. In addition, Australovnator had three primary toes on its hind limbs, supporting a bipedal gait that would leave a similar footprint to the castings that have been attributed to Burunjor. Unfortunately, no sightings of the Burunjor have been reported since the 1980s. So unless this species has lost its taste for cattle crime, it's very likely that whatever it was has become extinct. Or possibly re-extinct. Our final destination is the Congo River Basin and the adjacent departments to meet four possibly Saurian cryptids, one of which has been so sought after since initial reports that it has almost enough expeditions under its belt to rival the Loch Ness Monster. The first cryptid we'll meet is the furthest away from the others, possibly intentionally, the Ngamba Name. The Ngamba Name is found in the Likuala region of Central Africa, and its name means killer of elephants in the Lingala language. As its name suggests, most accounts of the Ngamba Name when it's not found eating its favorite plant, the Malumbo plant, are of it attacking or chasing away elephants. This creature is never noted as eating any elephants it kills, 
but many accounts emphasize the detail that elephants are not found in the same area this creature can be found, suggesting that its disputes with elephants are perhaps more territorial than predatory. Its appearance is described somewhat vaguely from story to story, but most accounts can agree that it has a single horn, a heavy body, a long tail, and that it's brown-gray in color like a rhinoceros. Based on this description, some cryptozoologists believe Ngambaname is a living ceratopsian, possibly Styracosaurus. Paleontologists believe Styracosaurus was rhino-like in build, and that it had one central horn protruding from its nose that may have been up to 60 centimeters, or 2 feet long, and 15 centimeters, or 5.9 inches wide. Styracosaurus would make sense as a contender, in that it was herbivorous, has around the same body structure, and in recent studies of fossilized remains, it has been suggested that the horns of ceratopsians may have been used in territorial combat, rather than as exclusively a defense against predators. The only hitches are that Styracosaurus also had a bony frill, with spikes protruding from it that I feel are pretty difficult to ignore in descriptions, and that its fossilized remains were originally found in Alberta, Canada. So, if it is a Styracosaurus chasing elephants around Central Africa, well, it's a long way from home. But it's not so long away from the Congo River Basin where three cryptids have made the area possibly the most dinosaur-inhabited place since Jurassic Park. So, for some context on how three dinosaur species could possibly be hiding in one area, I think it's important to learn a little bit about the Congo. The Congo Basin is an ecological hotspot that contains some of the largest patches of tropical rainforest in the world, over 3.7 million square kilometers and is one of the most biodiverse areas on the planet, acting as the last stronghold to such species as the western lowland gorilla and the okapi. The high density of vegetation found in this area acts as a global carbon sink on par with the Amazon rainforest, trapping 8% of the world's forest-based carbon. It's been an area of high conflict since Europeans messed everything up with colonization, and while it's now under threat from logging, the area had remained largely unexploited by non-natives until the 20th century. Low human pressure, as well as suitable space and conditions, and you've got yourself the perfect land before time for extant dinosaurs. The central cryptid in this area is a creature called Mokele Mbembe, meaning one who stops the flow of rivers in the Lingala language. In some accounts, this animal is a flesh and blood creature, and in other accounts, it's likened more to a spirit. But when in physical form, Mokele Mbembe is described as having a long neck, a long tail, and rounded tracks with three claw imprints. Its body size is compared to somewhere between a hippopotamus and an elephant, and its total length is thought to be somewhere between 5 to 10 meters, or 16 to 32 feet with the length of the neck and tail separately being between 1.6 to 3.3 meters, or 5 to 10 feet, each. Its name, One Who Stops the Flow of Rivers, is a nod to its semi-aquatic lifestyle, as most accounts report that the creature primarily lives in water, in particular the area around Lake Tele. Because of its mostly submerged lifestyle, 
We don't have many accounts of this creature's behavior, though most sources agree that it attacks hippopotamuses and boats that wander too close, but doesn't eat any animal it's killed. There have been at least 34 notable expeditions into the area around Lake Tele from 1776 to 2012 in search of this creature, and while none have yielded physical evidence, I strongly encourage you to look them up if you're curious, as the amount of interpersonal drama is absolutely wild. An account in 1909 by Lieutenant Paul Grants is the first to compare Mokele Mbembe to a sauropod. If it is a sauropod, it would certainly be in good company. The continent of Africa plays a host to a number of species of sauropods, from the gigantic giraffe titan to the more Mokele Mbembe-sized Dicreosaurus, a species that only reaches 12 meters or 39 feet in length and was named after its distinctive spines. Interestingly, this species probably did not compete with other sauropods for food, as the other species of sauropod it coexisted with were much larger, and ate vegetation that Dicreosaurus probably couldn't reach. But it's possible that if it were alive today, it would have to compete with similarly sized herbivores. If it did have to compete, in addition to the hippopotamuses, it would also have to compete with our last two cryptids, Nguma Monene and Mbelu Mbelu Mbelu. These two are much less sought after than Mokele Mbembe but inhabit the same area of the Congo and seem to share its same aversion to hippos. Nguma Monene has been documented twice, one sighting in 1961 and one sighting 10 years later in 1971. It's described as a large semi-aquatic lizard-like creature with triangular or diamond-shaped plates on its back. Because of these distinctive plates, many cryptozoologists believe it's a stegosaurian, although here's where things get tricky because while the obvious candidate should be Kentrosaurus, this species is already being suggested as the identity of Mbelu Mbelu Mbelu, another semi-aquatic cryptid whose most defining feature is planks growing out of its back. And while it may be tempting to just say these are the same animal, the information we know about both species comes from one cryptozoologist named Roy Mackle who we have to assume took such pains to separate the two cryptids for a reason other than making life more complicated. So there you have it, an incomplete history of the possibly extant dinosaurs we may or may not be sharing our backyards with. Some people have taken these stories as evidence for their own agendas, but I would encourage you to take these accounts for what they are. Humanity. Telling stories about giants that still lurk just out of our reach. Because honestly, for all our progress and knowledge, humans will always need something bigger than ourselves. And sometimes, that something is dinosaurs. If you like this episode, I strongly encourage you to uncover the show notes. Seriously, the expeditions for Mokele Mbembe are wild. Musical score, as well as intro and outro, were done by dinosaur interpreter Scott Ethington. Find music to explore hidden jungles with at Bazooka Raccoon on SoundCloud.com. Finally, if you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, or consider donating to our Patreon. Every little bit helps, 
And more support means I'm more motivated to do the best job I can to bring you more monsters. Thank you for listening. And remember, anyone can be a monster. <laughs>